Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get started. Erika Witherlight is a sexual empowerment and dating coach, speaker, podcaster, and expert. Her mission is to help humans feel more alive, confident, embodied, and to have an epic relationship with themselves and others. You can get free goodies, including access to her podcast, blog, and a free copy of her book, From Perfectionist to Pleasure Expert, at her website, www.weatherlight.org. You can also follow Erika on Instagram at weatherlight underscore LLC. Welcome, Erika. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Super welcome. My pleasure to have you in our show today. Yes. <laughs> My first question to you would be, how can we learn to be in our bodies to embody more our feminine energy? Mm, that's such a good question. And I think it's a really important conversation that's happening right now. You know, I think so many people are talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, which is great. But for me, I want us to stop having it in the head of embodiment, embodiment, embodiment. How do we actually bring that into the body? You know what I mean? So, so for us to exactly. really actually live there. Mm-hmm. So how I, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So for me, it's, you know, really being present, really breathing. I have clients, you know, when they're like, ah, I want to be embodied, but I don't know what that means. I have them go back to the five senses to like tap back in. I really make sure it's a, it's a grounding practice. And I think the big thing is being present in the now, because if you're, you know, a future tripping, or if you're in the past, you, it's really hard for you to be here right now to breathe and to be present. That's a very good question, a very good uh, answer, Erika. I love the to be present in the now. I'm just right now remember the book, um, the 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 of Eckhart Tolle, the the power of now. Power of now, yes, yes, exactly. Because that's in that's embodiment. Because you know it's there's so many ways that rips us out of the power of now, like anxiety or future tripping or, you know, scrolling back and be like, I should have done this. I should have done this. And that really rips us out of our body because it rips us out of our body into our head. And it have, has us over over analyzing, which, you know, there's a place for that. Of course we need to use our head. <laughs> you know, there's a space for that. There's um a place for that, but I try to teach clients to, okay, there's a space for that. And, how can we breathe? How can we be in our bodies? How can we be more in touch with our intuition and ourselves? I love I love what you're saying, Erika. I definitely relate to this because when I started the relationship coaching business, I was very feminine and Matt was very masculine. And when we were having our lunch, Matt would swallow his food very quickly and get to the next uh, thing that he needed to do. He was task-oriented all day long. Whereas I was having my lunch, I was enjoying my food. Like if it was the last 
food that I'm gonna eat in my whole entire life and I would feel rushed because uh, math had finished and I need to finish my food and get to work again but I was enjoying my food and I had a good time and then when the, the business started to grow suddenly very quickly I one day I caught myself eating like mad swallowing, carrying, like really quick, fast, go to the point, get, get to the next thing that you need to do. You have a quarter two minutes, like now, don't need, leave it, it's fine. Like I was in my head suddenly and I had a shift. And then yes. of course, I understand these things, I realized, what would you say to a woman, to a business woman or to a career oriented woman? You know, there's this high achieving woman who spend most of the time in their heads, planning, organizing, getting things done, task oriented. And then they feel disconnected from their bodies, as you're saying, and from pleasure and from their relationships with their husbands. There's no attraction anymore. What would you say to them? Yeah, that's such a good one because both are important, right? Like we both... I need to, like you said, like, I'm like, oh, that sounds so good, you know, to slowly enjoy and to be present. But then also, there is a factor that we need to make money, you know, and we need to get things done. So it's a really interesting balance of, okay, how can I coexist? And how can I hold both of these? You know, how can I hold both of these? So my suggestion would be to a few things. I know we were going to talk about this later, but I want to throw this, uh, you know, this, I'm like, this is a good time to throw this down now and we can expand later. Um, but Marianne Williamson, she's a teacher of A Course in Miracles. She's just an amazing teacher. Yeah. And I took one of her classes and the classes or the class, excuse me, was, I believe it was called like the Aphrodite training. And she was saying in the Aphrodite training, and it was just so genius and it dawned on me that usually like the Greek goddesses, Aphrodite is, you know, the goddess of love and, you know, all we're talking more of like the feminine goddess. And then we have Athena, who's more of the, you know, we could co compare her to like a politician, more quote unquote masculine, more get it done. And she was saying we kind of compartmentalize these versions of ourselves and we just play sometimes in one or the other very hard but we don't mix and I was like oh that was so uh bog like that boggled my mind and what she was suggesting is okay if you're at work maybe you're more in the Athena of course we have and flow but like okay honor the Athena be with the Athena and remember it's still Athena she's still a, a goddess so we get, so I want to comment on that. I'll come back to that in a second because that's an important point, but be in the Athena. And then when you come home from work, okay, have the mindset of, oh, I'm going to shift into Aphrodite. So we're not staying in that hard energy, the whole, even when we're home and okay, then I have to make dinner and I have to work out and I have to do it. It's like, whoa, she's saying like that, that is an important piece of us, but let's make time to shift. So, okay, I come home, maybe I change into softer clothes, maybe I draw a bath, like you said, maybe for the first time all day, I actually enjoy a meal, like really enjoy a meal. Um, so that's number one, that I love that theory of like, okay, where am I right now? Am I more in, um, and again, this is an important point too, like, especially for our work, like sometimes we need to be in um Athena energy because we're teaching, we're holding space for people, you know, like, of course we could still play with the softer sides, but I wanted, I want to um, normalize that every piece is important, and, but, and slash, but we just have the technology to shift through all of them. 
I think that's what happened. I think a lot of us just get stuck and it feels like I never can escape this narrative. So I want to make it like normalize that like they're all important. We just need to give ourselves time to shift through these different sides of ourselves. And I want to go back to what I was saying about um, the Athena energy is she's still a goddess. She still has feminine essence and energy. So what I would suggest to all the listeners is I have a practice, um, even when I'm hustling, even when I'm at the computer and do, I know today I, I'm like, oh boy, today's a day for me. Like I have a full work day and it's like, boom, 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 boom. So even when you have that go, 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 go energy, what I suggest to listeners is, okay, even when you're in that chaos, ask yourself, how can I make this moment more pleasurable? So maybe I'm, you know, writing a new, I have to write a newsletter and this and that and that. Okay, great. That let's make sure that that gets done. And okay, I'm going to ask myself, how can I make this more, more pleasurable? How can I make this more pleasurable? And maybe that's, I still need to write the newsletter, but in the background, I'm going to put on really nice music. I'm going to make myself a nice cup of tea. You know, it's, it's all about the energy and being willing to transform the energy. So you could still be in a more stereotypical uh, young or masculine energy, but we can create things that create safety and peace while you have that. So you're kind of flowing in between both. So it doesn't feel so jarring. Like we say, you know, we take ourselves out of that, like jarring energy of like, it's just intense or it's just free flowing. Like we kind of are playing with both energies, if that makes sense. I just love that tool. <laughs> I love it. That's right. That's amazing. So how could, uh, a businesswoman who is very busy in her day with a lot of clients all the time and having to plan things, how could her make, how would she make her day more pleasurable? What, yes. what is one thing that she could do? Yes. I think that the tool that I just suggested is a big one. And I also will go deeper on that one is I have people ask themselves throughout the day. So sometimes I have them set time because we forget. So I have them set timers or just have reminders of, okay, where am I at right now? Like, how am I feeling? So what I do is I have them set timers in their phone and okay. Oh, the phone, the, the timer is going off. And that reminds them to ask themselves, am I feeling crunchy and like ugh, contracted or am I feeling pretty turned on meaning radiant and breathing and alive And if they're crunchy, that's okay. No need to shame or make themselves wrong. But I want them to notice, okay, I'm feeling crunchy here. I'm feeling small here. I'm feeling contracted here. How can I get to a more, how can like a dial, can I just turn up, not to 10, but just one or two notches? So that may be like, okay, I notice I'm at my computer hunched over and I'm having negative thoughts. Like, you know what, just to notch it up to, I would take a deep breath. I would move back. Maybe I would, you know, touch my arm, whatever it may be. I just want people to get really good at noticing where they're at because, you know, we go, we so frequently go on autopilot and we have no idea. It's like at the end of the day, we're like, oh, I had no idea that even happened. You know, we're, sometimes we're like sleepwalking. So this is just an invitation to be like, okay, hey, like, let's just tap in. Where are we at? And, you know, where are we at? Just to check in. And do we need anything? Like, it's just, and it's a really, why I love this skill is, first of all, you're taking really good care of yourself. You're learning about pleasure. You're learning about, like, our um, pleasure profile, quote unquote, will be very different from one another. And so I want people to know like what would feel good to them. And also this tool is um, important and powerful because it's almost like teaching the person to reparent themselves. 
you know, like we could talk all about that, but like it's teaching almost like a, uh, they're, they're reparenting themselves in a way of like, Hey, what do you need? How can I nourish you? How can I nurture you? And I think that's, you know, we all along the way need that, you know, like really deep nourishment and like deep parenting of sorts. And that's why it's so powerful. Like someone else might not check in, but I'm going to check in on me. I'm going to make sure that I'm okay. I'm going to make sure that I'm nourished, which is super powerful. I love it. I love this tip. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good one, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, I wrote down the word self-repairment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's so nice. It's true. It's that's really good. That's right. How how do you use pleasure every day? Mm, I think that the way that we just talked about. And I think how I use it, this is a good question. For me, it gives me hope. You know what I mean? Like it's because, and it brings back my playfulness because now when that's not part of the equation, everything feels really heavy. I'm sure, you know, it's like from this zoom call to this zoom call from this, to this, to this, to this, to this, it's just like, <laughs> like there, it just feels overwhelming. And for me, when this is a principle in my life, it helps me reflect digest. I mean, it makes my life so much better. Like I, I don't know, I, I hear a lot. And I think this is really important that, you know, people kind of wait to live their life for like vacation. Right. So it's like, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer, but then we're going on vacation and then I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer. And then I have a dinner party in four weeks and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to suffer, you know, which is great. I'm like, let's have the vacation. Let's have the dinner party. But it's like, there's suffering to get to that achievement or to that like one relaxation. And so why I love this tool as a principle of living is it's you're you're living the whole time. And it's not like you're checking out and not working. You know what I mean? It's not saying like burn down your work, stop working, just you know, go on a beach, which sounds great. It's actually um, allowing you to do the things that you have to do. You know, you have to uh, pay taxes. You have to um, do these certain things, but it's allowing you to be online and in your life. And it's not like you have to wait to vacation, to have vacation for life to be good, or you don't have to wait for this event to be good. You're like, oh, I could be here right now and actually enjoy my life. And so many people are um, shocked that they can enjoy their life right here right now with what they have because you know the deal there's stories of um once I have this my life will get better once I lose 10 pounds my life will get better once I have the partner my life will get better and I I love the goals and desires and I think there's a really good quote and I'm going on a tangent but it said have one foot in the door of desires and also have one foot in the door of being really cool with where you are right now so I'm all about like desires and what's next and getting us ready. Like, hoo, hoo, hoo. like I'm all about like getting those goals and getting those desires and also getting behind what life is now. And pleasure does that for us. Pleasure is like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Would I love this, but this is what I have right now. And I'm going to make the most of it. It's like a childlike essence. You know, when you see kids like playing with water bottles or, you know, a kid could get a huge present and then they're playing with the box. And you're like, why are you playing with the box? I just spent $300 on, you know, a, a dollhouse or this. And they're just, they are just fascinated and they're curious and they're willing to play. That's what this work does. So yes, you could have a ball on vacation, but right here, right now with your given circumstances, you can still have a great time and 
um, find that joy, which is why I'm obsessed with this work. I love it. Wow. Thank you, uh, Erika. Yeah. I love That's right. Um, you also reminded me of the power of gratitude uh, yes. have, uh, because you're talking about the power of now. Uh, yes. I definitely think there's a lot of gratitude in the power of now and we can get pleasure from that. I loved it. What could we do to accept our bodies? That's another Ooh. huge that many women, you know, have this, Rebecca, I don't like my body. How can I have sex with my partners? I want to switch off the lights, but he likes to keep them on. You know, he wants to play in that way, but I don't feel I'm good enough, you know, and they're doing all these quicky, weird postures. And so they are having sex, trying to connect emotionally with their partners uh, whilst they are spending all the time in their heads. Yes. Thinking how am I looking like, you know, and I hope he doesn't look at my belly or my bum or this or that. And how can you connect emotionally with your partner when you are so being so self-conscious? Same thing being in your head. You yeah. are in your body. What is the place that you're going to be, you're going to have if you are in your head rather than in your body as you were saying. So tell us about that. Yeah, I think this is an important thing for all of us to learn and to have a practice around because it all it affects us in different ways. You know what I mean? Like you're giving that one situation. Um, it even affects us pretend, you know, they say even if you want to go and get a raise from your boss, but if you feel so insecure in yourself and don't feel powerful, you're like, oh, it's okay. Like this work, this Um, the body stuff affects us so deeply. And so I'm encouraging everyone to, you know, like, first of all, if you feel the insecurity, I'm with you. So many people feel this um, just to normalize it before we get in there. Um, and it's a really big thing that we have to look at, you know, as a, as a community. And I think before we get to body love, I think a big conversation we could start at is like body neutrality because I think there when when we feel like body hate it's sometimes it's possible excuse me believe me I've I've been there but it's possible to go from body hate to body love but it sometimes takes a few stops you know what I mean and it takes some work so I want to introduce like body being neutral with your body instead of like ripping it apart and feeling horrible so let's start with that is mindset around The body, I really would encourage people to notice where their thoughts are at. So if they're like, oh my God, I'm so bad. Look at this. Look at that. Like I, I would be like, hold on. So I, my first invitation is to notice where your thoughts are about specifically your body. And if they're mean, I almost want you to think of it like you're talking to a child. Like, would you ever rip a child apart that way in regards to their body? You wouldn't. So I almost want to treat, have your brain treat you like a child um, and have more compassionate thoughts. And an easy way to do that, first of all, so that's first and foremost. Second, what I would do is this is a fun little tool that I, that I teach people, but it's an easy one. So I want to have this here is every time someone passes a mirror, I want them to give themselves three compliments. And you're going to be like, oh. But every time you pass a mirror, I want you to give yourself three compliments. And it sounds, oh, that's so stupid. That's so easy. That's so easy. But here's the thing. It compounds over time. And so it sounds like, oh, that's not a big deal. But it starts to change, you know, pathways in your brain and you start to believe it. So that it sounds like a simple tool, but I would love for people to take that on and really start to believe, you know, some of those things that you're saying about yourself. Um, I also, something I want to 
um, you know, talk about here is remembering, taking away the vanity part, like, oh, you know, I don't like that this has, you know, um, you know, this cellulite or that like taking away the the vanity part and actually going to like logistics of like I am so grateful that this body part does so instead of we'll say the stomach because that's an easy one like oh my god I hate how big it is or I hate that it has this on it I hate this hold on like to the best of our ability can we take away that and can we say oh my god I'm so grateful that it processes all my food I'm so grateful that you know um when I get sick, my body fights off some of this stuff and it keeps me alive. Like I, that's the first place I usually like to go with people is like, can we be grateful for all of the work it's doing that we don't even have to do anything, you know, like breathing and this and that, can we be grateful for that? Um, again, this conversation is like a, a full as you know, it's a big, um, a big conversation, but I think that's a great start. Um, like I said, the mirror work is huge and just starting to celebrate yourself more often um, instead of going into like, oh, this is bad about me or this is bad. It's like, what's wonderful about you? I don't even care if I don't even care if you start and you're like, I can't say anything, but I like my left eyebrow. Great. Let's get behind your left left eyebrow, you know, or I like my right pinky nail. Great. Like, let's just I don't care. You know, like it's a start. So I want people to start even with the things that they think is dumb and stupid. It's not. I just want them to slowly start celebrating, celebrating. And again, you know how that is. It builds, it compounds. So basically the cliff notes of this is shifting from ripping ourselves apart, making ourselves so wrong and shifting to a more celebratory space. I love this. Um, yeah, Erika, and I love mainly the passion <laughs> that you have explaining all these concepts. Yes. I really love your passion. I love the point of love treating your brain as a child. Mm. Uh, it's so important. Everything you said, really. Yeah, so many times we put ourselves down. We don't give ourselves compliments. Someone give us compliment, gives us compliments and we reject them. Oh, yes. No. Oh, no, it's not true. Oh, you're saying that because you're so nice. Or oh, you just tried to be nice with me. But what if it's true? Right, right, right. I tell my, tell my clients, you know, notice when people give you compliments. Are you deflecting them? Or are you taking them in? So often people are like, oh, I like your shirt. Oh, no, I got it on discount. It's, it's like, whoa, just notice. And I say, just notice it. And instead of going to a defense of like, no, I say, just take a breath and say, thank you. Just say, thank you. And it's hard because the first thing is like, oh no, that's not so true. That's not true. Or we go to, but you look so great too. I love this. And then we like turn it around and want to make it about them. And it's like, you can do that. But I say like, just take a deep breath, receive it, feel it, say thank you. And if you do feel compelled to give them a compliment, you can, but just take that in for a second before you try to throw it off and not take it in. That's why I like it, Erika. You know, sometimes I'm saying, what if it's true? But maybe it's not your truth, but maybe it's the truth of the person that's giving you the compliment. Right. This is, that, um, this is huge because, you know, so many women struggle, struggle in their relationships with their partners. And, the, you know, there's this thing where the man wants to give and provide and is actually giving compliments to his wife. And she is not allowing him to yes. give her. She's yes. not giving. And she is actually, as you were saying, mm -hmm. making his truth 
her truth. Twist, by twisting it, no, that's not true. What if it is his truth? And what if he is trying to give you something and you're not allowing him to give you something? Right, right, exactly. That's why this, you know, it sounds so simple. Like, oh, accept compliments. And you may say, oh, that's not a big deal. It's like, but I, you and I both know that there's a deeper reason why we're saying this. It's First of all, it's nice to receive compliments, but you and I are are really talking about this because we know it down the road, it could deeply affect relationships. It could deeply, you know, affect friendships. If we consistently deflect and don't receive it's, it's love can challenges can arise in love. So I think that's why you and I are really like, hold on, we need to focus on this because this is an important piece that we can correct because then we could really, uh, really lean into partnership even more. That's right. I like it. And I love the your advice, your tip. Give yourself three compliments every time you pass a mirror. Yes. Yeah. And if, if, if you get sick of the body stuff, I mean, here's the thing. Our body is so fat. You could find, you know, the one single hair on the eyebrow. Like you can get so micro with it. But if you're like, you know what? I want to take a break from the body. I've done so much. You could even do personality. Like I'm, I brag. Oh my gosh, I'm so smart. I made it for this Zoom call. I see that. Whatever the point, I don't really care. The point is that you are just in celebratory mode. Mm -hmm. and that you're getting behind yourself and you're becoming a champion for yourself that's right you know in the past I remember uh, one day I um, I had a turnaround <laughs> I used to see these ladies young ladies uh, doing selfish you know taking selfish of themselves and posting yeah. them on social media and I used to feel uncomfortable. I used to think, oh, my God, they love themselves so much. It's a bit uncomfortable, you know, so this narcissistic behavior. But one day I had this insight. What if actually I have to learn something from this narcissistic behavior? Because some people love themselves too much and some people love themselves too little. Yes. What if we need to learn from narcissists sometimes to love ourselves? Right. Maybe, and it's up to them if they want to learn from us to be humble, you know, to also give to others. But that's not our business, right? We cannot control that. What we can control is if we choose to learn from those narcissistic behaviors, maybe we need that a, bit, a little bit ourselves. Right, right. There is, it's, it's funny because you know, uh, we're like, I don't want to embody something that a narcissist has. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the last thing that we want to do. But like you said, there's always something to learn so that it can, we can take the help. Like you said, leave the unhealthy bits and the bits that, you know, we want to keep, be humble and share with people and be compassionate. Like, great, let's keep that. But like you said, like, oh, wait, this person actually is exuding self-love. What would it be like if I did that? So I think that's inter an interesting concept to, you can extract the best from that situation. I love that. Extract another note that I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so next question for you. What do women need to do to discover what their sexual preferences are? Oh, such a good one. You know, so many people don't know that. And so I think the start is just exploration mode because we see you know from media from social media what it should be you know conversations were like oh i guess this is what it should be but i think a great place to start is just to put on your researcher hat and um 
one of my teachers calls it pleasure research. Uh, one of my teachers, um, her name is Regina Thomas Hour, and um, like put on your pleasure research hat and almost act like you're new to this. You know, act like you're new to this and okay, I'm going to put on my researcher hat and I'm going to be in this situation. And how does this feel? How does this feel? And again, we can keep this to this conversation, but that could even be in life. You know, like pretend I'm going to give this, I always give this example of like, okay, every Tuesday I eat a turkey sandwich with kombucha. It's like, hold on, do you even like the turkey sandwich with kombucha? You know what I mean? So I want to everyone to put on a, a big researcher hat and investigate like, oh, does instead of just going on autopilot, like it did, I'm looking at perfume right now. It was like, is this perfume something that makes me excited and feel good alive? Or is like, is it actually too strong for me? Is this food really delicious? Do I actually really enjoy this food or have I gone on autopilot? Cause it's on sale. Um, am I wearing this outfit? Cause it's, it was on the floor or is this something that actually jazzes me up? Um, and then we could do this across, like, how does this, um, sensation feel? How does this touch feel? Um, so you know what I mean? Like I want everyone to put on their playfulness, playful pleasure research hat and almost be willing to investigate and see what brings them alive. What, you know, pushes them away. This is a sidebar. Um, but the other day I was, um, in a situation where I couldn't change. I'm very, um, obsessed with music. And so I was like, Oh, I, my impulse was, Oh, I want to change the music, but I couldn't, I was in a place. I couldn't change the music. And I was like, Erica, breathe, breathe, you know, like, breathe, like, do you, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Cause I was in go, go, go autopilot mode. So I know when I'm in that place, I'm like, I don't like the song. I don't like this type of music because I'm in my head. I have those rules. You know, I'm like, no, I, this is not for me. And I said, breathe, like, let's put the pleasure research hat on. Maybe you still will hate it, but let's go back into like the feminine, if you will. Breathing, being in the power of now. And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually, I might not listen to this every day, but like, I love this. This is actually a vibe. This is actually a whole mood. And um, when I'm in my head, when I'm in that autopilot mode, I don't have the time, quote unquote, to investigate. Because I'm like, no, no, I already know what I want. I already know what I want. Um, so again, this is the invitation to, to kind of get back into the body, breathe and investigate. Um, and being willing to have like that childlike curiosity of like, oh, I like this. I don't like this. And then um, in conjunction with that, part two of this is feeling comfortable to speak that need, especially with a partner. I love of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is very important because, you know, as you said, no, I already know what I want. And mm -hmm. so we switch off to other possibilities. We close to other possibilities. What if we are going to find something that we are actually going to like even more? Because for the brain... Um, you know, the brain is trying to protect us. We, the brain likes what's familiar, but, you know, people smoke and they're killing themselves and it's familiar and they like that. Maybe they're, what if they can find something that is healthy and maybe it's going to be unfamiliar in the short term, but maybe it's going to be more pleasurable in the long term. Right, right, exactly. But we don't stop to investigate. No. You know what I mean? We don't stop. To, it's like, got to get up, got to do the same routine. Even if you, it's funny, even I know for me, I'm an entrepreneur. So my day is different every day. My schedule is different every day. And it's still possible to fall into autopilot. So even if you have a nine to five, even if you're a parent, even if it doesn't matter, it's we're all, we could all fall into the same patterning, the same. And it's like, it, it's up to us to stop it 
breathe and to really investigate like, whoa, what's happening here? You know, I don't want to be just taken by my days. Like, how can I kind of get in there and and inform and be a co-creator in my own day slash life instead of like, I'm just being taken by it, you know? That's why I love it. It's so easy to get uh, attached to what we like because yes. it's familiar, but maybe do, we don't really like it. We It's simply familiar and we say that we like it. Yes, exactly. And you, there's a possibility that we do like it. And now we have even more likes and we don't have to just stay in that. You know what I mean? It's, there's endless possibilities that we're not checking out. So it's good stuff. <laughs> I love it. That's right. Okay. So another powerful question. What could we make living in the feminine? What could we make living in the feminine safe and powerful? Mm. So how can we feel powerful and safe living in our feminine uh, part of us. Yeah, that's you know that's uh, that's a big question because I think that's why so many of us don't want to live there. Because there's, well, there's so much to talk about here because there's safety in a few ways. There's safety in, um, oh, this is such a good question because <laughs> I'm like, we could deconstruct this in so many ways. Yeah. There's safety in a way of, I'll just say layer one and layer two. We'll just keep it simple. Layer one could be um, even like cultural stories that if I'm there, like we said, you know, if I take too long to eat my lunch, I'm lazy, I'm stupid, I'm unproductive, I'm not going to make money. So there's that layer that we have, right? Like if I'm really in my feminine, I'm not going to get stuff done. I'm not going to be productive. I'm not going to be a valuable, quote unquote, member of society. So there's that layer, which is a huge layer because so many people don't want to come off lazy or unproductive or... So that's a big, um, first of all, none of those things are true, but th that's a big mountain to move. Um, so we're like, why would I go into that space if I'm going to be looked at this way or I'm, or I'm not going to hit my goals or whatever, whatever. Layer two is, um, you know, again, there's probably a hundred layers to this, but we'll keep it simple is layer two is around more of the trauma level of um, I've experienced abuse or even, even if they haven't, like I'm just in this, in, when I'm in the body, there's fear of being catcalled, being um, unsafe. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of reasons why people don't want to be in the body, whether, like I said, whether it's, I'm going to be looked at as lazy and then I'm going to be unproductive, which feels scary in itself, or on an even scarier level, I actually won't physically be safe. So there's a lot to doing this work. It takes a lot. Of, it's, a, it's very brave because we have to undo and confront a lot, a lot of stories and a lot of things that have happened to people. So it's a it's a it's really um, a tremendous act of bravery and courage when we're like, okay, I've been through this horrible situation and I'm still with compassion going to walk towards walk towards this. Uh, and so what I would suggest is going towards this work slowly and compassionately especially you know if you, there is any trauma which we all to some degree have just by being a woman um and fear like walking towards this work with softness with compassion for yourself um and another way to do that is doing it in circles or communities that feel safe that's like a huge one uh we want people that will that make you feel safe and you know 
people like us or communities that you're like, okay, I know I could be seen in this. I can be held in this. Um, another thing I want to throw out a tool just because I think that's important is I always tell people when they start this work again, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. Um, and that's where the anxiety comes from or, you know, the anxiety starts to kick off. And so what I have them do is take deep breaths and notice three things. We'll go to back to the three, three things in the room that they know they're safe. So like, okay, I, if you're in an unsafe or dangerous situation, of course, we're going to get out and, you know, fight or flight. Yes, yes, yes. You know, so I'm excluding, I'm saying in a normal situation. Uh, okay. I see that the door is there. I have my cell phone on me. So God forbid I could call someone and I know a loved one is a few rooms away, you know, so I have them make sure that they're creating safety within themselves, within their outer selves. Uh, I think safety is a huge component of this work because why would anyone want to do this work when it feels, there's so many reasons why it feels scary. And here's the counter counterintuitive counter of this whole thing is when I'm actually in my body, I'm the safest because I, I'm more tapped into my intuition. But when I'm not in my body, I'm like, out here, out here. It's funny because my brain says, no, don't be in your body. You could be in your head and then you could really psychoanalyze and you could be here. That's actually, for me, not true. Because when I'm really in my body and I'm really breathing, I, I have my, I'm more connected to my intuition. So my spidey senses may be like, ooh, ooh, I actually don't feel safe for this person. I'm going to say goodbye and walk away. You know, or you know what? I'm tapped into my body and... Uh, you know, walking down that dark alley right now, it doesn't feel safe, you know? So there's, it's funny because our brain tells us don't be in the body. It's unsafe. But what I have found, and again, we need to use the brain. I'm not saying to throw that completely out the window. There is space for that. But usually when we're tapped into the body, we can kind of feel out what feels right, what feels wrong a little bit more. So it's funny because the safety conversation actually lives with a, within us being in our body. I love what you said, Erika. And I'm also thinking of the word inspiration. Mm. <laughs> you, you mentioned intuition. And I always think of these two things, you know, as different things. And one day uh, I read an article about inspiration and intuition. I can't remember where I read that, but basically the writer was saying that Intuition is when we connect the dots of the things that we already know, although maybe we don't remember, but we 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 they are in our subconscious mind. Yes. So it's intuition. Whereas inspiration is when we actually feel inspired by something bigger than ourselves. And that could be simple, simply our, our inner self to put it yeah. this way, not to talk, I don't want to talk too much about, you know, the spiritual teachers, and the crying, <laughs> which I love, and you know, yeah, same. <laughs> talking about all that, talking about the feminine energy, by the way, but, um, but just simply our inner self, our wisdom, you know, mm. we almost start with something um, wiser than, than our normal day-to-day -day self, when we tap into our inspiration. Whereas when we tap into our intuition, we are, I would say in our heads, just connecting the things that we already know. Um, what do you think about this concept? Yeah, that's interesting. So just to clarify, so 
they're saying intuition is kind of like connecting the dots to things we already know. Yeah. I think that's so true. And it, I, I want to highlight that that could definitely be true because when we're in our heads and we're so go, 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 we don't really note it. Like we're not as good as noticing, you know what I mean? Cause we're so distracted. And there's a, a quote that I always say, that's a, a good one. It's a, um, a meta a quote from a course in miracles, which is a metaphysical text. And it says, I'm going to butcher it, but it goes something like this is that the ego is a loud thunderous voice. And the voice of the sp- spirit slash soul is a quiet whisper but when do we have time for the quiet whisper? You know what I mean? Everything feels important. Everything we're rushing around for. So we're usually in the thunderous roar. You know, we're usually in the space of listening to the thunderous roar where, like you said, it's like the soul voice already is there, but we just, and it's, we probably already know it, but we haven't gotten quiet enough or slowed down enough to actually hear it. So we probably already know, but we're like, oh, wait, 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 but this thing is taking, this thunderous roar is taking me out. I have to do this. I have to do this. And then under the surface, under the underbelly is just like, well, this is happening. This is happening, but we haven't gotten, haven't slowed down. We haven't gotten quiet enough to actually hear it. I love it how you explained it, Erika. Thank you. That's right. It's almost like the the voice of our soul or a whisperer, or something is shouting at us, like, this is going to happen, you need to slow down, or you cannot sign this contract, this is not what you want, and your body, as you were saying, is crying, it's shouting at you as well, it, this is not feeling good at all, don't yes. do this, don't go this way, don't allow your partner to shout at you anymore, or stand up, do this, and we don't listen to that voice, because we are so, we have so much sound, so much speed, we're rushing yes. and, and we don't listen until we fall. And it's then, true. as you were saying, you knew this, but mm-hmm. yeah, but you didn't listen. <laughs> it is right. sad. It's sad. It is sad. And I think there's also, speaking of how we talked about safety within the body, there's also fear of listening into, into intuition. Because sometimes it's like, well, is that the safest option? Is that the best option? I'm just going to go with my head. And again, there's a, it's important to listen to the head because, you know, but so often we're like, eh, I'm not going to choose that route. It's, I, I, there's no, like, there's nothing behind it, you know? So I think that's also, I think safety is a huge part of both um, being embodied, but also intuition work. That's right. I love it. It's so important. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <I love> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain to us a little bit more about what you explained before, the Athenas and the Aphrodite theory? Yes, exactly. Yes. So I know we touched upon it before, but I would really, I'm going to go deeper with this. And I really would encourage, and this is a huge component of my work, is helping people with different archetypes of themselves. So finding the shadow, finding the inner child, like we talked about, finding the Athena, maybe the Aphrodite, and uh, extracting pieces of them um, that help them grow, help them stretch. Uh, I always do, and this is a, a cool tool that I do every day too, is, you know, these these powerful pieces of me. So, you know, we all have different ones, but maybe it's the CEO, maybe it's the goddess, maybe it's the queen. I try to play with those different archetypes, you know, and okay, how can, and I ask myself every day, how would, and you could put in whatever, word feels good to you how would this piece of me show up 
So, and I have a reminder that pops up on my phone, like, how would the queen show up? How would the CEO? So, you know, I could show up in, oh, I'm tired, which there's a space for that, but like, oh, womp, womp energy. But it's like, hold on, if this person was a queen, if this person was a goddess, if this person really took care of themselves, how would they show up? Um, and you could replace that with how would your best self show up? How would your highest self, your most divine self? So I have people ask that throughout the day and they're like, oh, totally different than I am now. You know, my mindset would be better. I would be taking better care of myself. And so that's um, to go off of the Athena Aphrodite thing. This is a deeper level of um, honoring the different pieces of you and especially the, the pieces that could inspire us and have them lead have that because they they're like we want to teach you know they are alive and and in us and they want to inspire us and move us forward um and that's available for for us we just have to kind of tap into it and have create awareness around it i love this i definitely love the archetypes work it's a it's actually really powerful um to like you were saying before (laughs) self-reparation yes yourself what you need anytime anywhere on yes. by asking the question that you said, what would the CEO do in this situation? What mm-hmm. would the inner child, uh, how would the inner child bring love to this fearful situation? Yes, exactly. And there's so there's so much more available to us and we don't feel as alone. We feel more, It's it, we don't have to pluck inspiration from the sky. It's like, it's within us, which is really cool. And then we get to know ourselves even deeper. So it's a powerful, powerful tool to lean on. I love it. Thank you. It's actually really powerful because, you know, I, I've seen many women who have developed their feminine side quite a lot. And they've also developed, some other women have developed their masculine side quite a lot but they haven't developed the feminine one and the previous women haven't developed the masculine one. So there's an imbalance. And so women who are very feminine, they, I just find Erika, that they tend to be um, needing the masculine side. So they can become codependent in relationship with their partners. Whereas the masculine type women who have developed their CEO energy um, quite a lot, they've actually neglected their feminine side normally. And, and, and like you were saying, it's very hard to, to let a man in because I know exactly what I want. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I think that's why this work is so powerful. Like that, how do we balance and how can both of these coexist? Because exactly. it doesn't feel good usually when we're on, and you know, there's times when it's meant to be, but when we're on one side of the spectrum, it sometimes feels really hard. So the the point of this work, or one of the points of this work, is to get back into holding both and coexisting with both. That's right. I like it. Um, so how could we coexist with both mindset work and also embodiment? Yes, this is a big one because I think I see a lot in the coaching industry that some people teach mindset, 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 and then it's just brain, 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 brain. And then like kind of what we're talking about here, just like be in your body, be in your body, be in your, like, it's, it's just two different worlds. And then people are kind of like, whoa, like, what do I do with this? And that's a big component of my work is having both alive. And I'll give you a silly example, like um, practically, you know, wise, I do try to do mindset work every day, but then I also I do embodiment work. So I may do um, 
like a yin yoga class or a slow dance class. And then I also will do later that day, we'll do mindset because they both, here's the thing. If we avoid both, we're avoiding a huge piece of us. So if we only do body work, then we're avoiding our brain and we only do brain, then we're avoiding our body. So I really think it's important to do, we need both of them because we both live in our body and we both have thoughts. Um, so I think that's, you know, what I'll say on that is mindset work is really important. I believe, um, because our brain is always going like no matter, even if we wanted to or not, our brain is and has these thoughts that it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. So I really um, invite clients in to change their relationship to those thoughts and to have more positive thoughts and to think in a different way. And then also, like we talked about, we don't want to just live there. We want that piece to feel good, but we also want to have a relationship to the body. So I, um, it's funny, the question kind of answers itself in a way, because I think it's important for them to both holistically be online instead of just one or the other. I think they both need to be um, there because they're both so important. Exactly. We can't live without one or without the other one. Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. I've got another tricky question here. Not tricky, but very interesting. Does survival correspond to masculine energy? You know, you need to think of being practical, functional, good enough. It does the job. If it's not broken, don't touch it. You know, masculine energy. And thriving, does thriving correspond to the feminine energy, which would be making it more beautiful, more pleasurable, better, nicer, more comfortable, making it better. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, it's funny. It's almost like you're talking about surviving versus thriving. Yeah. And I think that is a huge component of like, we're not really taught to thrive. It's just like survive, put your head down. And there's a, I I do want to put a disclaimer here is again, sometimes in the feminine world, it's, and I see this in this industry, sometimes it's just like, flowers and roses, but I can't pay my bills. You know what I mean? So I think I do actually, and, and I actually want to, um, pay respect to this conversation that it's surviving then thriving. Cause I see some people in this community go ignore this, you know, ignore the surviving. I can't pay my bills, but I bought flowers and I went on a retreat, but I'm in my, you know, I'm in an uncomfortable amount of debt. So I want to normalize. Cause I know I've been there too. Like, but this work feels so good. So I'm going to avoid my surviving. So I just want to pay, I know that sometimes that could happen to people. So I want to pay respect to that, but I think it it's really important to, of course, have our needs met, surviving met, you know, let's make sure that the survival is met. We have food and shelter and money, you know, making sure that that, that all is copacetic, you know, that we have that all going on and then stretching into the thriving, like you said, okay, beyond just, okay, I have food and boop, boop, boop. How am I going to enjoy the food? I have money instead of just, okay, like how am I going to use this money in a way that has me thrive? You know, so I would encourage people, make sure that your um, survival needs are taken care of, of course. And then how can we um, take that and not just live in that zone, 
but actually stretch ourselves to thriving. And like you said, making things more beautiful, enjoying more, um, all of those other principles to add on top, I think are really important. But I see, you know, I see both that some people skip the surviving and go right to the thriving, or I see people never feeling safe enough to go to the thriving. And they're like, I'll just have the surviving. But I think both are really, really important pieces uh, to have because we deserve both of those. That's right. Sometimes, you know, some people have compulsions. They have these instincts. They to meet your needs. You were talking about meeting your needs as well. And for some people, certainty is a big thing. They really want to survive and, and they do well. But then for some other people, they don't care surviving. They just want to have fun. Right. right. You know, they want the flowers and the clothes or the travels, you know, traveling. And before you know, they can't survive because like right. they, they can't pay the bills. Right. Right. It's, it's so it's so interesting to see both ends of the spec. Like people will you know, put away the survival, but just be, I want the nice and I want the this. And that doesn't feel good either because you don't feel grounded. But then on the other side of the token, just feeling like I don't have any joy or pleasure, that feels suffocating too. So it's really important to have both. So, okay, I have my needs met. I'm safe. I'm taken care of. And beyond that, I want to stretch. I want to enjoy myself. I want to be in that pleasure zone. So I think both of those, um, are needed to have a really full life. I love this conversation. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I'm going to feel definitely relate to this. What is the right balance between surviving and thriving? Yeah, I think, I think like we talked about, making sure the needs are met, <clears throat> making sure the needs are met. And then I think creating a space where you do have um, communities, work, people around you that help you thrive. So I think first and foremost, like we said, making sure the survival is locked and loaded, you know, making sure that that, that you have a plan, that we're safe, all those things. And then I think step B or step two is making sure you get into communities or read books or make, essentially make time for the thriving aspect. Because here's the thing, thriving is not going to come to you. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not, we have to kind of go outside of ourselves, outside of our quote unquote safety to get that thriving. So I would carve out time. Like I said, whether it's to work with a coach or a book or a group or take a class to make sure, okay, my survival is taken care of. And then I'm going to do this little thing. I'm going to do this little thing to stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch. But I think for both of them, it's funny. Both of them need conscious attention. Uh, and we think, oh, they're just both going to come to me. So I think we both, for both of them, we need conscious attention of, okay, my needs are met and okay, I'm pushing myself gently in a way that I can stretch. That's right. Wow. Powerful. It's good stuff. <laughs> How could people, Erika, connect with you and know more about what you do? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So we talked about earlier that they could visit me on Instagram, which is at we the light underscore LLC. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I have a ton of free goodies that I love to give people and I'd love to give your, to your audience. Um, <clears throat> and those are a few different things. I have a free podcast. I have a free book that we talked about and I have a blog and you can get that at my website, which is www 
wethelight.org. And then something also that I'm super, super passionate about is uh, each month I open up a, just a handful of sessions because I want this work to be accessible for people. Um, so what I do is every month I open up my cart. It's totally free. It's a complimentary call. And maybe you heard something on this podcast. We talk about you know what you want to desire and we work through your desires and we do a mini session it's a really powerful, potent mini session. And at the end, we discuss, you know, of course, if we're a match to work together. And that's totally free. The catch is you just got to get it because the doors, I open the doors and I close the doors. So that's the only catch. It's no strings attached. Um, just pop in to make sure you get that free call. It's www.wethelight.org. And we do a mini session. We really go in. And the goal for me is I want you leaving. I want all the people that sign up for this leaving feeling inspired, like they have a plan, like they're hitting both the surviving, like, okay, my surviving's knocked. Am I thriving? Like I have tips and I have tools for both of those. I feel safe in my body. Everything that we talked about, we kind of start to scratch a surface in that, in that mini session. Uh, and it's a really powerful, um, way to get free work for me. So I definitely would suggest getting, there's tons of ways to connect with me. Like I said, free book, Instagram podcast, this class, or this uh, mini session, there's lots of different ways and you can get all of them on my website. And I'd love to hold everyone through this amazing work. So thank you for asking. Yeah, welcome, Erica. Thank you for coming here to join us today in our show, Relationship yes. Exit Show, and sharing all your wisdom, expertise, experience with our audience. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you here with us. Yay, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. <laughs> okay, I'll um, hopefully in the future we, will, we could have another, uh, another conversation, exciting conversation like this one. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.